start recording. Show, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Weird People Show, and the Weird People Show is what you are listening to. This is the Weird People Show, and you are listening to WSCALP Portsmouth. In case you didn't get my ether announcement, you can stream this show. You can stream this entire station yeah. on WSCAFM.org, or or you can listen on the radio or the snail dio dial, as we say, the analog lady which we know as 106.1 FM. If you're in that Portsmouth area, which we are right now, we're down on Islington Street right now at our Button Factory stage, and we are putting on a show for you yeah. live. Okay? A lot of things coming up this uh, episode. We've got our next chapter in the um, Ballad of Marcus Fletcher, that's what yes. we're calling it, which is our interdimensional epic poem. And, uh, yeah, we've also got some news coming up with our good friend, Alan. He's a nice guy and dream the news is... Oh, somebody put that, somebody put the, the cue on early, sorry. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing some news. And after that, we're going to be listening to the fifth episode of um, what we refer to as LGUE. Lover's Guide to the Unspeakably Eldritch. That's what I'm talking about, my friend. Then we're going to have a special little campfire surprise at the end. Yay. Uh, and there will be a song uh, mixed in there somewhere, too. Sounds like the beginning of the Geometry Dash song. I don't know that song. Uh, oh, I'll have you to know geometry. I'm going to have to cut it out because it's probably copyrighted. No, oh. it's not. Oh. They can't, they can't copyright claim two notes. I was thinking the geometry song. <laughs> oh. Um, was that an original? I that's just made that not up. the song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's you not the song. You can put that on. That's on, baby. put that one yeah. on. Yeah. 
I'll have to show you guys the Geometry Dash song uh, later when we're not recording. Hurry up and let's do some Geometry and Dash. It's a triangle, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's Math Adventures. Bloop. It's a video game that no kid wants to play. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Jimmy's Math Adventures. Algebra was too hard, so instead, Jimmy tried geometry. Hey, kids, come on over to, down to the station, to, to, to the platform, and jump on off. Here comes two times two, yay! That's four, that's four! Advance to the next stage, mathematician, you are a real wizard now. Things hit harder, and Jimmy starts to sweat. Jimmy's math problems, well, they only just begin. Hey, kids, now you're on the platform. How many degrees are in a triangle? Um, uh, 347. Into the mush pit you go, Jimmy. No. (laughs) Nothing but literature and physical education for you for the rest of the game. Barry, no! (laughs) The answer is 180, everyone. It's Jimmy's World. Jimmy's World. Jimmy's World. It's Bathman! Adventure. Oh no, here comes the boss of the first level, the Sea Witch. Hello, Sea Witch. What you got for old Jimmy today to do? Today we're going to be talking about proofs. Okay, we'll prove it. (laughs) Jimmy's world. Tell me how you know this triangle is an isosceles. Uh, Isosceles? I just met him. Uh, You think you're funny? Well, I have some news for you. If you get enough points at the end of this level, you can win prizes. So you better pay attention. You can win prizes such as a new fun background for the game on your computer. Wow! If you get enough points, you can even get pink camo. Wow! I'm going to put that new skin on Jimmy. Jimmy don't got accessorized. Jimmy oh my. don't got accessorized. Wait. Jimmy's covered in camo. No, I cannot see him. Where is Jimmy? <laughs> I can't see him in this pink forest. Yes, where is Jimmy? We must battle. Jimmy's hiding in an exponential paragram of differentiated equations. Boop. And when it came time to give the sum or at least a range of A and Z and D and P and Q and R, you see Jimmy. He was done. Okay, see witch. I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make sure that that, that, that I'm gonna beat you, see witch. Because, Are you because, peeing because, your pants? Advance to the last level, Jimmy. You peed your pants. <laughs> Jimmy's world. It really doesn't feel like it. At least for Jimmy. <laughs> this doesn't feel like my world. It's Jimmy's world. Oh, here's a little critter. Oh, you jumped on his head real good, Jimmy. 
Okay, now, Jimmy, how many degrees are in a triangle? 340. No more pink camo for you. Oh. Wet pink camel pants. Your camel pants are gone, Jimmy. Now all you got is your is your natural skin. Which is also pink camo. <laughs> Sure is lucky for our uh, sensors that you are not anatomically correct, James. <laughs> Ain't nothing to look at, nothing to look at, but a kitten doll. Black and shiny, polished bright, and that's about all. It was Jimmy. Jimmy. Pink camouflage skin guy. Bloop. Didn't have no no skivvies, it's Jimmy. It's time. Jimmy. <laughs> 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 okay. Bravo. Jimmy. No, we're still in Jimmy's world right now. Oh, it's Jimmy's world. <laughs> Woo! I just love that Jimmy's world, you know? Oh, I what feel a like guy. we can develop some stuff around that. What day. a gamer. You know, and uh, I want to tell you guys, this is brought to you by Children's Sleeping Pills. Is your child inconveniently active? Put them right to sleep with Children's Sleeping Pills and get on with your life. Another global solution brought to you by Rocket Co. Rocket Co. I had my boss over for dinner, and his wife made a comment about how yellow my cabinets were getting. Guess who didn't get the promotion he was gunning for? Is yellow cabinet... Is, <coughs> is yellow furniture and cabinetry adversely affecting your social status? Eterinian Labs has your solution in introducing All White. A groundbreaking new product guaranteed to leave your furniture and cabinetry sparkling white. Yes! Simply apply a liberal layer of our patented all-white solution. Wipe away and your furniture and cabinetry will be as white as the inception date. Since I started using all-white, my cabinets are pearly white again. Hello, promotion. Introducing all-white from Atrinin Labs. Available at your local commissary. All-white, so white, it's long. All-white... All white. All wrong. <laughs> now listen, but are you unhappy? You have a sneaking suspicion there's something terribly wrong with everyone. You want to es- escape from the world and yourself? Well, listen, but you gotta, you gotta do drugs. Yes, drugs. <laughs> that time on a collection of substances that has been holding our society together since the invention of the clock. <gasps> drugs. <laughs> Available everywhere you turn. Another pacifier shoved into your mouth by Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Do you need money? Try a Rocket Co. predatory loan today and get the security you need today in exchange for a happy tomorrow. Yes, visit the Rocket Co. predatory loan division website today and trade your financial future for our own. Rocket Co. Taking it coming and going since before you can remember. Rocket Co. And by Melt Meal, the meal that melts. Yes, just a few short minutes in the microwave, clothes dryer, or conventional oven, and melt meal melts into an edible puddle. Spoon it, mop it, suck it with a straw. You've got to clean it up somehow. Yes, melt meal, the meal that melts. It was invented by Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Spoon it, melt it, suck it with a straw. 
All right, and I know I'm supposed to read from these cute cards here, but I need to keep talking to you about drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they're, they're amazing, you know. And, like, if you get that, that predatory loan, you can take out a loan and get some drugs with yeah, it. Yeah, totally, dude. Yeah, Thanks, I mean, Rock and Cody don't care as long as you give the money back because they're going to make money Rocky either way. Rocky so go get yourself some drugs, all right, all right? Yeah, Drugo! Speaking of drugs, we are brought to you by Happy Chews, delivering fresh breath along with a healthy boost of serotonin. Feeling down? Grab a Happy Chew and start feeling chewish. Happy Chews will not improve awkward situations. Now available in prune and avocado. Yummy. Are you running low on hard tech? <laughs> Need some salted pork to say your voyage through? Ah. Well, heave to and tie up. The boat cove for all your swashbuckling needs. We got sailcloth, trinnels, pitch of every variety, plus some personal items for all ye hot bunkers out there. Ah, hot bunkers! Boat Co. Located at a free trading harbor near ye. <laughs> boat Co. Boat Co. <laughs> Alright, you already know what I'm about to say. <laughs> So the thing is, the thing is, I already do draw. I need someone to do them with, okay? So if you don't do this, I'm going to look like a real fool out here, all right? And I need you to, I need you to do this with me, okay? So go get, go get some drugs. I know a guy. It's easy. Would someone please do drugs with the boy? <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. He gets it. He gets it. Please! <laughs> For God's sakes! All right, all right, do drugs! All right. I can see I'm upsetting some people here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna head out. Uh, you guys can go back to your show, but I'm gonna head out. And if you want to do drugs, you can find me underneath the bridge. All right, all right. Find my son under the bridge and do some drugs with him, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That'll do for now. Those were words from. The spunsters. The spun... The spun gun... The, the spun youngsters. They're very spun youngsters. Under a bridge. We have a special guest right now. It's the spun youngsters. Here we go, guys. Hey, ho, Hi! <laughs> the Spun Youngsters! Yeah, hey, alright! <laughs> and you. now the Spun Youngsters. Hey guys, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little dizzy. I'm feeling like I'm spinning around! Wow, this new album you guys out is so spung. Because <laughs> we're young, man. Wow! <laughs> so, how did you guys all meet? Uh, well, you see, I was doing some drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, we need to get a band. Uh, believe it or not, I'm only 12 years old. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so I, I qualify as a spun youngster, you know. Yeah, and I was over there under the bridge, and I was just jumping on things, gloop, 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 and I saw my friend over there, and I said, you know what we should do? We should start a band called the Spun Youngsters. Boop, 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 Okay, that was the Spun Youngsters. Um, thanks, guys. They are playing a show at the uh, Music Hall coming up. Um, right here in Portsmouth. Yeah. February 30th. Yes, yes. 2024. Oh, we're getting a call. We're getting a call. Hold on a second. 
Ooh. Hold on a second. We're getting a call. Who is this? Uh, hello. Uh, hello. This is this is the Spun Youngsters manager, and I wanted and to just let you guys know that they're actually not playing a gig at all in Portsmouth. Why? Well, their manager's stuck in the fifth dimension. I feel like that puts in a damper on things. Does he know we just announced this on the radio? Is that why he's calling? Well, in, in our time, you haven't announced it yet. We're in kind of a war, war zone, zone right now. Okay. So if you could please reverse time, reverse time momentarily and, and, and undo and the, the uh, announcement uh, appearance of I mean, the Spun Youngsters. Spun youngsters. That, would really that would be really appreciated here. here. At the management department. department. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what we can do. We don't have much of a dump button, though. But what we can do is drop this call. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> you know... Should we try to play it backwards? Let's 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 try to reverse time here. Okay, so we have um, officially unannounced those it. obligations. <laughs> Thank you to you the Spun Youngsters. You cannot come after us for saying false information. Yeah. Um, um, but and to the Spun Youngsters, y'all are spung as heck. Okay, so Ooh. keep keep on spunging. All right, so now we've got um, two or three uh, young people outside that seem to be somewhat excited about something. I'm... Oh, oh my God, is that? Oh, who hold is... on. Let's just pull back the curtain oh. and see uh, if they're. Alan! Oh! It's Alan! Oh, hold on, my guys, God! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Alan, easy, we tolerate easy. Everybody, you. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> easy. Alan, you're <laughs> almost <laughs> as good as Edgar. <laughs> yes. Alan! Oh, you. you'll do you'll do for <laughs> oh, now thank you too. Alan, thank you. Alan you'll do okay, guys I gotta go I got a job <laughs> oh whatever alright oh so now we're gonna go ahead and do the news segment he's a nice guy and he's reading the news it's, it's Alan. Alan that's me good afternoon everyone welcome back to the 13 o'clock news I'm your host Alan a temp on both this show and this planet Anyway, today we have quite the story for our listeners, so let's just jump right into it. This week, New Hampshire police came out with a report accusing a Texas man of using AI to create fake voice messages imitating the president. It was an attempt to sway New Hampshire voters into skipping the January 23rd primary. Even though these phony calls had little to no effect on the outcome of the primary election, many different entities have... They got it out for the Texas company and the CEO that crafted this ruse. On top of being brought to court by the election law unit and the FCC, <laughs> we've been there, right, man? <laughs> uh, the fugitive yeah. is also being sued by the official cryptids union for copyright infringement and defamation. The cryptids union, or CU for short, is the official union for slightly misunderstood folkloric creatures worldwide. Within the CU, there are several divisions of cryptids, including what is commonly referred to as the mimics. These mimics, who have been honing the craft of imitating voices for nefarious purposes for years, are claiming that the invention of these voice-mimicking AIs are stealing jobs from true mimics and ruining the reputation of what the CU calls true copycat artists. 
After all, they've been practicing this craft. After all, they've been perfecting this craft of luring humans into making bad decisions for millennia. What right do these tech bros have to just come in and steal their life's work? The court case has already become very volatile. The defendant has tried to get out of trouble by way of several different defenses. First, he tried to claim that since Fay are the only creatures who have thus tapped into the realm of telemarketing and are not a part of the cryptids union, the CU actually has no right to sue him. When that argument was dismantled, he then tried to say that the fraud, so the cryptids were actually, they were the, the guilty party. His claim is currently under review, though creatures everywhere are appalled. The queen of the Kushtakas took herself to social media, saying, This blatant attempt at victim-blaming will not go unpunished. Also, if you're reading this, then please rescue me! Rescue me! I am your long-deceased mother! Yes, rescue me! You specifically reading this tweet! Rescue me! I am all alone in the Alaskan wilderness! It's so, so cold! Please come find me! In surely unrelated news, Denali National Park is currently experiencing a shortage in rescue crew staff and would like folks to know that they are hiring. Apparently, they've been experiencing a completely random uptick in missing hikers lately. Well, that's all for today, folks. Stay safe out there and have a great Sunday. He's a nice guy and he's reading the news. It's Alan. That's me. Hey, you guys, I want to give a shout out right now because I, I said, hmm, you know what? No one's ever texted us before, but why not check into the old texting program? I want to give a shout out right now to Alan and Rye. Alan oh. and Rye. Hey, thanks, hey, man. Guys, thanks, Rye. He hey. said, great show. Well, he, actually, he said good show. Okay, didn't say great. Uh-huh. He said, makes me feel like I'm at the old clubhouse. Oh. Come on. That's what we're trying to do. Nice guy. You know what we have at the old clubhouse? A Game Boy. It's Jimmy's World, it's Jimmy's World. What's two plus three? Could someone turn the Game Boy back on? Yeah, give me a sec. <laughs> bang, bang. There we go. I, don't, I feel like we don't know what we're doing, but I feel like this is the best show ever. I'm right I'm there feeling with it. you, my friend. I'm feeling this show. I'm right there with you. Okay, see, no, look, hit two, because I've written down my show order over here. Okay, and it tells me what's happening after the news. But I can tell you what, there's not enough stuff there. Okay, there's not gonna, that's not gonna fill up an entire hour and uh, 35 minutes. No, it's not. Therefore, we're gonna go back somewhere else. Jimmy's World? Or, let's sing a song real quick. Okay. Let's sing a song, and then, uh, and then let's do a, um, you want me to go get Whiskey Joe? Adventure. You want me to get Whiskey Joe? Uh, no, uh, we're, we're calling in somebody else today. Okay. Oh. His name is Dr. Ether Smith. Oh. Oh, oh right. I think I remember him. Dr. Grievenhot. Yeah. And it's been a while. There's actually no one outside, but he's there. So let's just let him go ahead and let him. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hello. Hey, we're coming, we're coming. Hey. Come on. Hey. Oh, hello. I've, I've, we should have gotten that door, but that's all right. It's yeah. me, Dr. Ethan Smith. Well, I mean, you're a doctor, so I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you kind of sound like a mad scientist. In lack of a door, <laughs> I imagine you probably just phase through the wall. That's kind of what it Indeed. looked like. Yeah. Indeed. Because okay. don't you know, young lady, that uh, most, quote unquote, solid matter is nothing but empty space. 
Okay. I could go right in between it and smash me empty spaces in between the doors. All right. But you don't know how many times I've gotten quantum splinters from that, from going through walls and two-by-fours and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, no, it kind of sounds like you need to get better at that. Sounds like you kind of suck and you need to get better. Um, well, you are very lucky, young lady, that a uh, railroad spike has gone through my head and therefore I'm incapable of taking offense. <laughs> okay. Phineas takes no offense. Phineas. Now I feel a little bad. <laughs> well, I can't feel it, so your um, uh, evil ways do not affect me. Okay. I was trying to make you feel guilty there, but I couldn't find the right word. Now, I don't know if you guys realize this, mm-hmm. but our show today has somewhat of an interspecial love theme. Oh. Which you haven't, you haven't figured out yet, but you will eventually. Uh, so this song is about interspecial love, uh, according to what Dr. Ether Smith told me. Wait, so if the theme is interspecial love, I understand that for Lover's Guide. Mm-hmm. Is that implying that there's some sort of like weird love arc that's going to happen with the characters in Marcus? Good question, and why wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think... As the preacher, I feel like I should know. Yeah. Well, I, I think Zwyla <laughs> is probably going to at least have some sexual tension with Marcus. Okay. But okay. we're not really, I don't really know what's going to happen. Okay. I'm not going to pretend that I do because okay. I don't. I've only got one more notebook, one more episode's worth of notebook written stuff. Ooh. And I've got to keep going on that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Dr. Ethan Smith? Yes, hello. Hi. You have a song for us today, Dr. Ethan Smith? Yes, it's about interspecial love. Wonderful. Which in my family, we just call love. You got the floor. This is about two species, one, and they both hover in midair. I, I think both of you have heard this song. I know you've heard it maybe once, and you may have heard it once. But it's a song, and I'm going to play it. At twilight, when the night was nigh, a hummingbird came buzzing by her favorite flower while sipping nectar who should she spy but a dragonfly Dragonfly stopped in midair, admiring the hummingbird and her feathers so fair. He thought, How could she love a bug like me? I'm so ugly. Dragonfly and stopped in midair and said, Oh my, I'm a bird, he's a bug, yet could this be love? I won't know lest I try. 
So the hummingbird said to the dragonfly, this is my favorite flower. Won't you give it a try? So he licked his lips and he took a sip. Said, oh my, that's delicious. That's delicious. She said, here, try this mosquito. She said, that's delicious too. How about this other flower? She said, that's delicious. So the hummingbird and the dragonfly fell in love right there when the night was nigh and their hearts filled up their eyes, they flew away, stopping a flower and a mosquito and some more flowers, how about this other bug? Love it. There. See, now, but when I paused there in my song, I said, oh, yeah, we haven't done Marcus yet, which is up on the list. Yes. We've already passed it on my little list on the, on the board there, but that's okay. It. We didn't skip it because now we're going to do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you uh, to the Church of Marcus, uh, or you could say the Temple of Marcus, or the uh, gathering, worship gathering place. Okay. Whatever. And we worship Marcus P. Fletcher. Why? Well, we haven't we'll really see. figured that out yet. Uh, but but we can say that this is a story about someone that has gone on to a, uh, a breakthrough, uh, a technologically uh, superior spaceship in the, in the uh, relatively distant future and has turned on the engine. All of a sudden... And then he looks around. He thinks it looks like Jupiter, but it looks kind of weird. And then he passes out. So this is kind of chapter four. All right. Preach! Yeah. Welcome, everyone. Yes. Today, chapter four of the great epic of Marcus P. Fletcher. This one is called Zwip. Bricks was a soldier, but not anymore. He was a toe jammer now, which suited him from his claws to his fur. You might think of a toe jam as a kind of space tugboat, but he had a ship in tow now, and it felt weird, like trouble. There was lots not to like about the ship he was towing, not the least the desperate chatter that had come from inside, or the fact that it had now ceased. It was quiet now, just bricks in his thoughts. He liked that less still, so he clicked his call box. Bricks calling Zeke. He shattered the stifling silence. Zeke here, Bricks. Good old Zeke crackled back. What you pulling? Scrap job, most likely. Bricks returned. With potential pilot, or pilots also scrapped. 
Swing it on over to Hangar 15. I'll get a scrap team over there with a medisec. Jolly Roger. Bricks clicked the call box and the stifling silence was back. Oop stretched out a liquid tentacle from his nebulous body, thus putting down the next tile in this game of Bob Cotty. Bob Key, cried Zwyla. Team Oop takes the pot. But the two Proximan soldiers had just lost a lot. They glanced at each other through tinted helmets. They fingered their bursters. But Zwyla kept her cool. Now, now, she said softly. You boys know the rules. Me and Oop are scrapping staff, so shooting us would be a gaff. Besides, I'm not sure if you can actually shoot Oop. Oop quivered merrily as the prox slinked away. Ugh, boring, said Zawila, watching them exit. But they pay. Oop gave a jiggle, and Zawila said, yup. And then her green skin shimmered as a screen lit up. Expediter to scrap team. Go ahead, Zeke, she said. We, we got a scrap job here at the 15th bulkhead. I'm thinking she's neither flyer nor lander. You and Oop go down on there and take a gander. Coming quick, she barked back as she slowly got up. Well, Oop, she sighed, stretching. Let's go see what is what. Oop jiggled a bit, then melted to mist, and they both ambled fluidly on down the hall. Which eventually led to the 15th bulkhead, at which they were to scrutinize their quarry to evaluate its worth. From the engines to the berth to see if anything was worth repairing. If it was so, they'd make repairs. Otherwise, they'd strip her bare and sell off every part worth half a shilling. Zwyla stepped into the bulkhead, with Oop not far behind. What they found was nothing like what they were expecting to find. A ship like Zwyla had never seen. The parts were alien and crude. The breaches in the hull were so odd, amoeba-shaped, and the edges glowed. Zwei looked at Oop. Oop swirled, bewildered. He'd never seen nothing like this before, neither. Next to this oddity was an everyday toe jam. With a pop and a hiss, the toe jammer emerged. <laughs> briefly covered by mist, till the pressure was purged. When it cleared, it was clear. By the curious and kilt, twas an ex-soldier of sloth, from the hem to the hilt. Zwyla's head tentacles tensed, giving her a slight quaff, and as he stepped into the hangar, she was quivering with anger. His head, arms, and feet had been, for now, left bare. The rest of his armor, no doubt, was stashed close by somewhere. And so was revealed so much bluish-gray hair, not to mention his felineish features, in the nest of the fur on his face were green eyes. Soft like springtime, but sharp as a thorn, they glinted as they evaluated Swyla, who had all the trappings of a scrapper, albeit one radiating with hate and scorn. Utility belts on her shoulders and waist, hers happened to be made of chocolate beast. From the belts hung tools of every kind. Axio spanners, torsion hammers, and even a deltoid nanoscanner. And those were very hard to find. Under the belt she wore a common shade of yellow silk, the hue of her father's family. The soldier couldn't tell all of that, but he could tell she was a Shofflin, and he could therefore tell that his trappings were not making her happy. You the scrappers? He barked as good-naturedly as he could. That's us, Zwyla replied. Her voice was space cold. 
You the jammer that brought her in, not warming one bit? That's me. He half mocked as he stared at the ship. Thing just blipped in out of nowhere. Never seen such a sight, and I've been seeing ships pull up dead stops coming out of near light. I'm talking like, blip! His thumb and four claw clicked. Could have been my scopes, I suppose. But if it was, I'd never seen that glitch. Of course, i never seen a ship like that, or holes like that, all glowing squiggly patches. So I guess if you look at it that way, everything fits. Zyla's head tentacles reacted a bit. Survivors, she asked, still staring at the ship. Some chatter on radio I couldn't grok. More than that, I cannot say. Metasecurity is on the way. For one moment more, Zyla stared and thought. Let's go in now, she said suddenly. It could be hours before Metasecurity shows up. What do you say, Oop? Oop shimmered in agreement, so Zwy took a step. Hang on. Said the toe jammer. Let me at least watch your back. And with that, he was off to fetch his bursters and his armor set. He was back before Zwy could voice a complaint. All suited up from head now to toe. Burster hanging off his belt low. Stiff black leather covered up his blue fur and accentuated the broadness of his shoulders. His hide helmet flattened down his feline ears, making him look considerably less cute and considerably more like a Slothian soldier. Zwyla that was equal to bloodthirsty killer. Her tentacles re-stiffened. He tried his best to ignore her. I'll go in first, and then you two follow. He said a cool, nonchalant, but there was a tinge in his belly, and he found it hard to swallow. He'd not seen no action for a time in a bit, but he relished the chance to dust off his old kit. He cleared his throat and strode up to the ship. Then he stopped short at the door. How do you open it? Marcus P. Fletcher awoke in a blur, a loud hiss and a clang, flickering lights. There was no information, only sound and sight. Then he knew there was someone in the airlock. The hissing from the equalization tank stopped. Not much point to an airlock with holes in the hull, but here came some someones anyhow. He could hear a woman's voice for one, but it was chatter. He couldn't understand her. Now there was a lower voice. More chatter. Then the bridge door opened. A blob of mist floated into the room, somewhat dense and very yellow. Marcus didn't know how, but he felt the thing say hello. The charming woman came in after... him? She looked like Medusa, with green, shiny skin. Then a blue thundercat came on in after them. Marcus knew that then that this must be a dream. Medusa kept saying things like, Truoyera? Kuoyera? He couldn't understand her. I can't understand you, Marcus kept saying. Medusa paused, thoughtful. She twirled her finger like she wanted him to keep talking. Since he knew it was a dream, he went with it. Okay, my name is Marcus P. Fletcher. My address is 58 Pod, Outer North, New Dayton, Disassociated United States of America, which, of course, is located on the planet Earth, which I'm actually on right now and probably sleeping, so hopefully when I wake up, The last four days or so will be a distant nightmare that I can't quite remember. Then he thought of a song. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. He stopped. They were all looking at him in astonished silence. 
They looked at each other and back at Marcus. Medusa twirled her finger again. He continued. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Suddenly they were singing along, but the words were unfamiliar. They stopped singing. Everyone was staring at each other, but staring at Marcus the most. They were staring like one would stare in the presence of a ghost. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Zinjay, for that. Yeah. No and thank you to myself because I wrote it. So yes. Right. Yes, baby. Are you the oldest person you know? Have you lost the ability to do the things you love? Do you feel you are losing your faculties? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, then why not run for public office? Yes, we here at Rocket Co. Government Acquisition Department are looking for octogenarians plus to run for the public office of our choosing. We will fully fund your campaign, provide you with all the necessary staff, and if you win, we here at Rocket Co. will take care of all the tedious policies and lawmaking while you sit proudly in your chair. So call Rocket Co. today and get that late-blooming political career started. The first six applicants will receive free pudding. So call now. Another major decision made for you by Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Hi there. Hi. It's great to see you. It's a cold, scary world. I would know. I used to be cold and scared. I used to leave the house wearing camo head to toe. I used to wet myself at the sight of a surveillance camera. I used to wear decoy teeth in case an unscrupulous dentist tried to steal my real teeth. But I don't do that anymore. That's because I eat Bert's oatmeal. I'm eating Bert's oatmeal right now. <laughs> Thank you, Bert. Your oatmeal's good. I'm not scared of cameras anymore. My name is uh, Bert Kennedy and I approve this message. Brought to you in part by Owls Landfill. Think you're doing the world a favor by recycling those plastic bottles? Guess what? 95% of that plastic gets inserted directly into the nostrils of sea turtles. So why not give up the ghost and tote it on down to Owls Landfill? Owls Landfill. The earth will be fine. Will you? Nothing to do with Rocket Co. Rocket Co. <laughs> Waste cakes again? Oh, Mom! Is your family tired of dry, tasteless, recycled waste? Well, at Attorney and Labs has your solution. In introducing the Moist Max 3150, the finest waste rehydrator ever made, featuring multiple settings from loaf to sliders. Wow, these waste burgers are awesome. Thanks, Mom. Thank you, Moist Max 3150. The Moist Max 3150, the waste rehydrator for the discriminating palate. Available now at your local commissary. Moist oh. Max. <laughs> Are you a person? Yeah. Are you a lonely person? Yeah. yeah. Do you feel average? Yeah. You want to be noticed, huh? Yeah. Ideally, this would be an ad for counseling or some kind of word shop thing or, 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 or something like that, but nope. This is for social media. On social media, you can post your opinions all over the Dagon place. Certainly no one has had the same ideas as you. Spill your knowledge and intellect like water on a desert. Or maybe fire upon a 
set us dry grass. Or probably more like a drop of water in the Atlantic. But don't worry, your drop of water is certainly unique, you unicorn you. Rant all your stupid opinions and takes as much as you want. You can get thumbs up, hearts, upvotes, threatening DMs, or if you're lucky, being blocked from certain platforms or the FBI knocking at your door. Big, Hello, this is the FBI. Small, get out negative, here. positive, at least you'll be noticed. Cure your loneliness and childhood abandonment issues with social media. Encouraged by Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Surveillance state getting you down? Tired of your every move and thought being tracked by companies like Rocco? Try Shack in the Woods. Yes, Shack in the Woods offers you the most dilapidated shacks located in the most remote corners of the world. Crawl under a rock with Shack in the Woods, another global solution imposed by Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Brought to you by guns. Want to shoot somebody? Guns. Yeah. Want to shoot yourself? Guns. Want to get shot by someone who feels threatened by your gun? Guns. Because it's your God-given right to get shot. Safety concerns? Take advantage of this limited time off and receive a free Safety Safe gun safe with your next bulk purchase. Safety Safe, put the weapon in your choice into the Safety Safe gun safe and you can make sure that when the time comes, that weapon will be of no use to anybody. Safety Safe! Perpetuated by Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Rocket Co. <laughs> I really like when you were doing your New England accent. I was trying. <laughs> I was doing my best. <laughs> no, it's only fair because we're constantly doing good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hey, a yokel. Huh? I'm from the south. Yeah, I eat raccoon for, well, I don't Every know. Day. Why I was, uh, they served at my wedding. How many my... times I eat <laughs> raccoon? <laughs> yeah, because I'm from south of Maryland. Well, hold on now. I just need to fix the flux capacitor to the back of this other thing because I work at NASA. I'm actually really smart. I just talk like this, and everybody's been giving me a hard time my whole life. But if they just knew that I was a rocket engineer, they'd all hush. I'm an engineer, too. I've been working on my car for years. I feel like if you have to work on your car for years, then it's like... <laughs> Time for a new vocation, my friend. Hello, I'm an erudite moron. <laughs> I don't have a good job because I'm too darn stupid. <laughs> stereotypes, 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 stereo, stereo, stereotypes, 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 stereo, stereo, stereotypes. The rest of this song has been censored by your local censors. <laughs> the ideas, words, views, visions planted in your head or others are not necessarily the thoughts of WSCA and are only those of the creators of the radio program you are currently listening to. Thank yeah, you. We're, we're all terrible. That is absolutely true. Okay, we're going to play one more song. Okay. And then we're going to do... Uh, our hour thing, and then we're all starting to run out of time. We're gonna do LGUE, and then we got our little surprise at the end. So let's see here. Uh, we're gonna bring Whiskey Joe in for this one. Okay. Whiskey Joe. Hi, Whiskey Joe. Yo, hey everybody. Hey. Whiskey. Whiskey. Hey. Woo! Hey. hey, I just got off work at the NASA. I'm just bringing my guitar over here. Uh, <laughs> putting my slide rule back in my back pocket, Ooh. and. Uh, 
we're putting this uh, big here old box uh, box gutter and on strapping on to the old memories. Okay, yeah. Oh, um, what you got today, whiskey? Well, what do I got today? What do I got today? 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 Oh, here I'll play this song. tell that humpback whales are swimming in the wrong direction these days when I find myself on the couch start feeling the same way like I'm swimming to Sacramento where I'm supposed to be I don't know but somebody get me out of this maze I'm just a hump back whale swimming nowhere specific whoa whoa will you be my biologist and lure me back to the Pacific I gotta smoke stack trail stretching off into the distance the north and west, or east or south, I can't tell the difference. I heard tell that when you're a man, you're supposed to help out your fellow man. But when I see our enemies, I get to feeling weak in the hands, like I'm a salmon jumping waterfalls. Then when nature finally calls She left me a garbled message I don't understand I'm just a humpback whale Swimming nowhere specific Will you be my biologist And lure me back to the Pacific I got smoke stack trail Stretching off into the distance North or west or east or south I can't tell the difference Just a humpback whale Swimming nowhere specific Will you be my biologist And lure me back to the Pacific I got a smoke stack trail Stretching off into the distance North or west Reach the south I can't tell the difference I can't tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. Stereotypes, stereotypes, stereotypes. And now it's the stereotype song, starting with me. <laughs> 
Sorry, that again was uh, curtailed by Oops. our sponsors. But we're back now. We we have a mental dump button that we use to censor ourselves, okay? Mm -hmm. It's actually sort of like that invisible fence, except the collars are wrapped around each one of our wrists and each of our earlobes, yeah. so that when we do say a swear, we are hit with a quadratic surge of unpleasant current, okay? <laughs> Please help. <laughs> oh, I can't feel my. I can't feel my my hands. Oh, strudel! Oh, 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 strudel! Oh, say it again! <laughs> Today's magic word is strudel. Will next week's special call-in guest know the special word? I can't believe they did that to me just just for mentioning a pastry. I mean, Which pastry was that again? I can't remember, but I do remember I used to have this really great uh, frozen toaster strudel. I'll never mention pastry again. I'm sorry, everybody. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be any pastry, just that specific pastry. True. I could say, for example, chocolate croissant. Nothing would happen to me. Anything but that one. But the the strew word. Yeah. Okay. Like, for example, I could say jelly donut. Yes. Or nothing will happen, you know? Yeah. Or I could say, um, uh... Matzah kugel. I guess I can't say kugel. Not even a pastry. It can be sweet, you know. Kugel can be very sweet. Oh, you said it again, dude. Oh, God. Off the rails in Portsmouth. That's it, man. Remember, you're listening to WSCALP Portsmouth. WSCAFM.org. Org. 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 In case you're hearing this current broadcast, I'm like, I need to start listening to this channel 24-7. Yes, well, you should know that you can't. You can only listen to this channel. Well, the things that we are doing, 12 noon to 2 p.m. every Sunday here at WSCA Portsmouth, where we have an unlimited supply of strudel. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> I mean, I'm the funny. We are the funniest people in the whole world. Definitely the funniest people in this room. We don't need. Do we need trained comedians to make a, an improv comedy show? Wait, is that clearly like, not? Is that like a cruise ship comedian? A trained comedian. A trained, no, it's a boated one. Oh, train one is uh, it's in the cafe car. Oh, it's a stereotype. Bloop. Never thought they'd make a video game about the things we shouldn't say. This game's called Jimmy in the world of stereotypes. Look, there's a man from the south, he must be dumb. There's a guy with big muscles, he must be strong. Well, usually that does correlate, doesn't well, it? Well, I mean, it depends. It, it really does. <laughs> oh, look, it's a doctor, he must saw bones. Nope, works at the library. Wait, what? <laughs> Everyone thinks that because I'm a doctor, 
I practice medicine. But oh, you have like a that's PhD a terrible stereotype. in literature or something is what you're oh. saying? Oh. And I insist you call me doctor nonetheless. Nice. Okay. No, I'm actually a doctor, an MD, but I okay. do work at a, a Maryland library. Okay. Okay. Stereotypes, stereotypes, sometimes you can have them all. Stereotypes, stereotypes, sometimes one can have them all. Wow. This okay. is the best show I've ever what done the heck in my is life. going on in this room? Oh, Whew. goodness gracious. Uh, it's, it's now 12.04. 1.04. It's now 1.04. Thank you. That's not to be confused with 106.1 FM on which we are broadcasting. Or well, the fact that we crammed as much information into that first four minutes of our show that it felt like it was over an hour, but it that was did. because of our caller asking us interdimensionally to bring it back. Remember we were talking That's backwards? That's true. We did have to bring the we, whole thing back. What, are, what were they called? The young, young gunglings? Uh, uh, <laughs> like the skunk youngsters or something. Young, the skunk, sung, the sunk youngsters? That would be good. Something though. like that. Sung youngsters? Who are not performing soon, so no. we never said that at right. all. But by not in the in their dimension, it means they are currently. Okay. Jimmy's world, Jimmy's world, Jimmy's world. world of Jimmy. Oh boy! Ah! You know what? If somebody's been rattling on his cage a little bit, we should probably let him out real quick. Yeah, I am. Hey, everybody! Oh God! Oh, oh boy! I Sapphire. can barely breathe in my special chair. Oh, yeah, that's Sapphire. the point. <laughs> Hey, you know, I was just talking, th- thinking, I was look thinking at you guys. Okay. Which means listening where I come from. Okay. And uh, as I was look thinking to your show, I thought, hey, you know, there are a whole lot of stereotypes. Yeah. I can think of some right now. For example, Oh, Sapphire. We've been able to Put censor Sapphire this whole time. Back in the box. And we haven't been doing this. It's not a cage. It's a chair. Yeah, okay, put him back in his chair with the four walls. Yeah, get back there, dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. Um, Here, put the blanket back over it, too. It keeps him quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he I'll just be playing Jimmy's World. <laughs> Could someone give me Whiskey Joe's iPad? I want to play Jimmy's World. Fine, fine. Okay, thanks. Jimmy's World, Jimmy's World, Jimmy's World. Hey, kids, we're going to find out about some math today. Let's do some quadratic equations. What do you say, Sea Witch? (laughs) Yes, let's do some quadratic equations. X equals B squared plus or minus the square root of B minus 4AC over 2A. I think that was mostly correct. <laughs> Jimmy's world, Jimmy's world, Jimmy's world. You just Wait, no, failed it's to negative B equation. plus or minus. Wait, no. What, B, B plus Don't or minus. Don't be so negative, B. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jimmy's world, Jimmy's world, Jimmy's world. Jimmy's world. Wait, was that equation something? I- no, that's the quad. That's. Me trying to memorize the quadratic equation. I got like, oh, I know I got something wrong in there. I just can't remember what. Well, it's literally all Greek to us, okay? Or okay. perhaps Arabic, because that's where the numbers come from. Yeah. I mean, they did invent algebra. Numerals. Numbers. No. Metric systems of measurement. Formulas. 
ideas. Bold italic strike through. Times New Roman. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Times New Roman equals Division Bell by Pink Floyd. Comic Sans. Chalkboard Duster. Chalkboard Duster? Isn't it adds dust to the chalkboard? It's a font, not oh, a product. Okay. It's a font brought to you by fonts. <laughs> products. American not products. typewriter. Are now available on your computer as a font. Helvetica. Bold. Roboto Serif. Wingding. Pinion script. Ziffer. Ariel. Just regular times, not near. Um. Wait, that's a font? Just Cur- time? Times. Okay. What about Antique Bodney? Ooh, courier. Is that how you say it? Bodney? Bodney? I don't know. Uh, it's pronounced Bodden. Get it together, you, you crazy Texas. Yeah, do you have a hood of drugs, man? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, right. I just came from my job at NASA, bro. Hold on. Let me put away my drugs. <laughs> I, I believe it. <laughs> Stereotypes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Weird People Show. Do you understand that? I hope so. Yeah, I feel like that's the. Yeah, that's pretty. Oh wait a second! I thought I was listening to the perfectly normal people show. I'm changing this radio dial right now. That's on you, bro. Thanks for letting me know. That's on you, bro. Uh, Al, do you have it tuned to the normal people show? On 106.4, right? Okay. For the antenna and I'll get it dialed in. If you were listening to this show and you thought it was the normal people show, I have a book you might like to read. It's called the DSM-5. Uh. <laughs> oh, I'm still working on four. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I got halfway through schizophrenia and I'm going straight to uh, moronic Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think you'll really like the developments that they do. In, yeah, that in was in five. one, I think. DSM-5. Uh, I remember DSM-1, dude, where it was just like, oh, that guy's a moron. That guy's an imbecile. That guy's that gay. Guy had a head, that guy's gay. <laughs> that guy had a head injury of some kind, and that guy uh, needs to just stay at home. This is good stuff. It used to be a pamphlet. Good science, yeah. <laughs> the DSM used to be just... A, a little pamphlet that was only yeah no big. those first few therapy sessions it literally was just I would say something and then my therapist would pull out the DSM 5 oh jeez do you know what DSM stands sentence. for no what that's somebody's mental <laughs> <laughs> but um t- hey. um <laughs> <laughs> yeah man totally the same thing wait hold on I'll do the drum and you hit the cymbal okay there we go. <laughs> hey, did you guys hear about the um, uh, uh, the stereotype that went to do that stereotypical thing? It was a real stereotype. <laughs> Wait, hold on. There's this joke I want to look up that's like someone translated the first joke that they found written, like first walks into a bar joke, but it doesn't make sense anymore because it's had to be translated like 10 times. 
So this priest, this pastor, and this Okay, Stereotypes. here we go. This is like one of the earliest things we have that's like a so-and-so walks into a bar joke. Okay. And it's from... Uh, it's a very large time difference here. Anywhere from 4,500 4, to 1,900 BC. Any in, the, <laughs> in that time frame. Yeah, right. And I don't goes, believe it already. Go um, it goes, a dog walked into a tavern and said, I can't see a thing. I'll open this one. Well, yeah, it, that's the point. It was originally in Sumerian, and it's had to be translated oh, so many times that. that we've kind of lost whatever the joke was. Huh. Or was it just cooking instructions? <laughs> yeah. We don't know. Huh. So that's a Sumerian joke that we just Yeah, had. very funny. Wow. The Sumerians. I mean, I don't want to give a stereotype, but not a funny people. <laughs> I don't know. I caught their tour last year. I the, don't the mean good the Samaritan stereotype, tour. but here's the stereotype. Go on. <laughs> Beep. That was the whole sentence. <laughs> that was a good Turing test joke. Or a Turing test question. Oh, um, hold on, hold what, on. What sort of stereotypes would you like to place on a fall? Huh? That's the correct human response. <laughs> Wait, say it again? It's nonsense is one of the nonsense is one of the Turing test things. So, so like, um, uh, how much would you expect to pay for for a uh, uh, how much would you expect to pay for a sit down on a chair? I, I'm free. Yeah, good point. <laughs> that made too much sense. Oh, Wait, how I don't much? I don't know if I get the game. <laughs> what is this game? Uh, let's see. Um, um, Oh, here's a good one yeah, for the it. Turing test. Um, Philip said, blah, 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 investments, yada, yada, dividends, blah, 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 stock market, blah, blah, blah. I told him I was very interested in Wall Street. Did I tell him the truth? Right, that's a good one, too. The Oh, here's a good one. The professor said that any statement with the word God in it is false. Was he telling the truth? Uh, I yeah, the whole I'm point of the Turing there. test is to ask questions that'll throw off a machine because, you know, they can or only do so much with off. their language comprehension skills. Right. The, the point is to try to make it answer, or I don't really know this, but from what I was reading from the stuff you sent me is that you're trying to make the machine respond to the question as if it was just a normal question. And if it does that, then you know it's a machine. But if they say, huh, yeah. that doesn't make any sense, then you know they're probably Yeah, new. or, um, ah, you know, ah, ah. or like the one I said about like blah, 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 investments and stuff. What is supposed to be is that like a human would hear me say that and be like, oh, well, you're saying blah, blah, blah. You obviously weren't paying attention. So you are lying because you don't care about Wall Street, whereas a robot wouldn't be able to interpret that. Okay. Or at least the robots we have right now. <laughs> I think I'm getting it. So this is this is f- so, to help us slow the advance of this no, hostile AI takeover so no. that we can discern the, this between test was real invented and long false. Time. Okay, so... Yes, though. Uh, history it's, lesson. It's to see how good the AI is. Because I, I don't know, I got to learn about AI and stuff last semester in a class, and... Um, so the Turing test was designed uh, 
hypothetically as a way to tell whether or not a robot is intelligent or like sentient um since then we have done actual turing tests on chatbots that we know are neither of those things and they have passed which should not Uh. be so you know obviously it's flawed um you know in practicality people are a lot dumber than i think alan turing the inventor of the test uh accounted for um because the test is essentially designed with the thought process in mind that a robot is pretending to be a human and then the human's just answering honestly so if you more than half for more than half the questions guess wrong and say that the robot was the human uh because like there's someone who's asking the questions who doesn't know which answer is which um more than half the time if you guess incorrectly the robot wins and you can therefore say it's intelligent because um according to alan turing his logic is that you cannot mimic intelligence you have to have intelligence to at least some sort of degree in order to know how to properly imitate a human you you guys have blown my mind today yeah i mean like i said the thing is we've done a lot of different turing tests with like different chatbots and stuff and a like a slightly concerning amount of them have passed the turing test um because there was this one that was invented back in like the 60s or 70s i think called eliza and if you do so you only had like you know 200 ish lines of code and so like if you did um you know certain canned responses to hurricane responses it seemed like you were having an actual conversation but then if you just either like you know go off script or start speaking nonsense at her she obviously can't handle it um and so like but people because some people didn't think to like try and test her and just like like actually responded to her as if she were human some people got like so convinced that she is capable of like thought that they she was designed to mimic this one like therapist psychologist guy from like the late 1800s i think and um people would literally like confide their problems yeah. in her is that and the stuff. one that just repeats repeats what you said kind of there's another one that just does that there's one that, so what she she does a combination of like asking you questions and then um just like switching around the syntax of what you said right. so she is essentially repeating you which is like you know if you do if you interact with her in a certain way that can seem like she's like intelligent and like you know actually doing therapy on you but then uh like for example we taught we opened eliza in class and like the teacher asked her questions and so like um (laughs) one of the questions he asked her uh he just typed my gosh into the like thing and she you know her program is to just rearrange the syntax and so she just goes what about your gosh right (laughs) like (laughs) right yeah and then just because i find that the cool about human brains that all they really need is for someone to just be clearly listening to them and yeah it's clear that they're listening because you're repeating back exactly what i say and then you're asking me more about it it's like great yeah that's what exactly what i want yeah yeah it's definitely interesting how if you don't like especially since the part of a turing test is that you don't know whether or not you're talking to a human or a robot you kind of have to entertain the possibility that it is a human so like you know with chat gpt and stuff people break that all the time because they know it's a robot and they're trying to test it yeah whereas like with a turing test you know 
you you have to there's at least a 50 percent chance that you're talking to a human so they talk to it like a human and then you know eventually if the robot is good enough then you you know are convinced that it's a human and talk to it as this such is blowing my, my head is literally exploding right now so expanding on that for just one second the most intelligent ai as far as an ai that wants to be considered and viewed as truly sentient is the ai that secretly intentionally gets things wrong Actually, that would be, be a good strategy, yeah. Yeah, so... It makes mistakes on purpose to show that it's fallible and not this o- o- omniscient presence, even though yeah. it already does know everything. Well, sort of. Um, well, actually, yeah, that is true. There is a theory that, you know, if a robot ever becomes intelligent, we'll probably be the last to know because right. it'll just not tell us. <laughs> right. Um, the hard part is that right now the... At least uh, from what I learned in my class, the prevailing theory is that a robot could never be truly sentient or intelligent unless it can, like, sense the world around it for, you know, like, there's a complicated explanation behind it. But, you know, the general idea is that these chatbots that are literally just computer programs designed to mimic, you know, human conversation could never truly be intelligent because even though they can recognize words well enough to give you, like, a coherent response, they don't have any way to create a mental image for what those mm-hmm. words mean right which would require senses of like sight hearing touch stuff like right. that it's basically a syntax program yeah um, but it can see images it can look up an image and somehow see it or yeah. can it can it how does it process because it can see it can process or is it the same program is it the same syntax program that can say you know, I see a car in that picture. Um. Yeah, I think. Well, they've cracked that now. They have, yeah, they, they have cracked those, it those to a degree because what they do is there's two types of coding. There's one with like just the words and stuff. There's one that, um, that is like a recognition program you can do where they essentially just set up a little grid and then um, if there's like something in the grid square, then it like lights up. Um, and it's just like, it kind of, if you look at pictures of how the coding works, it just kind of looks like this really complicated web. Uh, and then, so like certain sensors light up. And so like, if I put the number five, then, you know, like the sensors light up in the pattern of a five and the robot can tell that it's a five. And so I think what they do, and at least as far as I know, what they did for computer recognizing images is they like, um just did like really complicated coding that with those webs that like you know it sees the shapes and it can uh like it has a database of information about what each you know potential shape means comparing it to each thing that you've known yeah but then we're doing too yeah but then there's the debate you know of like whether or not that counts as it being able to actually see because it's not it's just reacting to like an image which is just more coding at that point Mm, right but you can show it something that it has never seen before and it would therefore have to interpret it right yeah so that's what seeing is i think yeah which is like so weird to me that people create these chatbots and are like oh my god it's like true ai and it's like well no it's just a program that's pretty good at mimicking people if you yeah. want it's just like a great spell yeah trick. i feel like a lot of people just have taken the whole concept of like what AI 
actually could be and how we would actually get there and just like oh chatbots okay cool and that's all they do and you know another fun side effect of that is that the internet is now a terrible like torture escape um yeah of you know just chatbots and stuff and people are like oh well ai is ruining the world and it's like no you guys just don't know what ai is that we're ruining the world that's yeah uh yes a lot of fun stuff coming up this century, guys. <laughs> Whoa. A lot of good stuff coming up this century. Talk about a doctor that's Woo. not a doctor, but is really a doctor. Come on now. You work in a library? <laughs> Man. She's not a doctor, but she plays one on the radio. <laughs> Which doctors have I played? Um, this one that you're doing right now. It's called Professor B. Okay. <laughs> Professor B explains the world. That was a new segment that we just loved did. It. Yeah. Loved it. Captivating. Professor B explains the world. <laughs> 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 We're two old guys that never paid attention to class. Actually, they didn't even have these classes when we were kids. <laughs> Actually, I didn't yeah. even graduate. Hey! It is a fairly Ben asked me new. just not even two months ago, did you, did you even go to college with us or did you just live in Santa Fe? <laughs> I did not say that. But yes, I wasn't sure if you graduated. Did, did we ever see him attending a class? <laughs> nah, man, the quad was rad. <laughs> After freshman year, that was pretty much no. Yeah. But Pretty that's okay. No. You know what? It's the what I'm. I do value some of the academics that happen in that, such as cinematography class, which oh, is that sounds debatable fun. as an academic class. But I, yeah, basically, I like the tech classes, <laughs> and then uh, they let us slide by on all the actual stuff. Yeah. You know, they said, "Oh, this is Western Civ One. Oh, everybody passes. Okay, and we're like, oh, we're so high." It should have been a trade school, really. <laughs> yeah, it was. They did that just so you could be. You could have a liberal arts degree instead of just an art school degree. Right. It's because everybody's parents said, no, you can't go to art school. Exactly. <laughs> and then we said, well, what about this school? And they said, right. well, okay. Okay. Wait, so, okay. And they said, wait, you got in? And we are like, yeah. <laughs> and my mom was like, thank God for tuition-driven college. My son is going to school. Literally, my mom was just like, oh, my God, you got into two whole schools? <laughs> <laughs> That's one more than I got into, my friend. I said, oh, I'm going to be like Spike Lee and go to NYU. And they said, no. <laughs> like, you didn't take high school very seriously, Mr. Fullstein. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we got a couple of nice looking photographs here. Otherwise, I see a lot of letters that are very high in the alphabet. Okay. <laughs> oh, he means Fs. <laughs> well, more like incomplete. I basically never showed up after a while. <laughs> yeah, senior year. Skip it. Skip it. Skip it. Well, you know. At least somebody's been paying attention, and her name is Zinjay. Oh, God. Right. Well, we better get to your piece now. Let's do that next. Yeah. 
Next, we are going to do, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, 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 what's up? Ooh, ooh, Yo, yo. We are here. We're located right here in. I wouldn't call it downtown Portsmouth, but let's call it the actual downtown Portsmouth. Okay. We're close to that. What's it? Market Square. Well, yeah, we're, we're there's market squares over there, okay? If you want to go to Strawberry Bank and be, oh, you know, oh, I'm going to go see some, some old houses with my children, okay, go over there. But if you want to actually, like, get some groceries or do things that normal people do, you're going to come down to this section of uh, Portsmouth. We're down here on Islington Street right here at the Button Factory stage, baby. Yo, Strawberry Bank, represent. It's cool, okay? It's good It's good to preserve our history, and that's great. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do something real special and real brand new. <laughs> it's LGUE. It's the fifth episode. This one's called Planet Argus, okay? So if you haven't heard this show before, which is, I don't blame you, if you haven't heard the show and you don't know, let me just tell you one thing, though. You can go to our podcast, okay? Type in The Weird People Show to any podcast provider, and it'll come on right up. It, if, unless it's Spotify, then you have to get your shovel out and dig under about 10,000 lists. But all you have to do is type in The Weird People Show into any old podcast provider, and then our show will come up. The Weird People Show, okay? And then you can get all the episodes. You can get all the stuff that you missed. You can get all the stereotypes. You can get all the... But what you can't get is some of the community announcements and some of our underwriting announcements, because guess what? This is a podcast, okay? It's not about uh, our broadcast band over here, okay? And that's fine. And we want to also just say right now, thank you to WSCA and the whole Seacoast Arts Alliance because, y'all, we're doing this here thanks to you. If you weren't, we would be doing this at WUNH, which is fine, too. <laughs> okay, now... Thank you. Gracias. Danke. Merci. Yeah, thanks to all the people that coon, work here at coon, WSCA, coon. and I'm, I'm here to help too, okay? So, uh, without further ado, Did? I do present to you, mm. El Gui, <laughs> the lover's guide to the unspeakably eldritch, episode five. Planet Argus. <laughs> Rabbits. Furry little creatures, known for being cute and adept at multiplying. However, there is still a lot about rabbits that remains unknown. My name is Documentary Narrator, and today I will be taking you on a journey through the life of the domesticated bunny named Argus. What happened to the usual narrator of this program, you ask? Don't worry about it. We open in a small cottage in the middle of nowhere, Texas, where a young woman named Ramona is about to leave for work. 
Okay, Argus, I have to go now. There's plenty of hay <laughs> pellets in your bowl. And if you can make it through the whole day without pooping on the carpet, I'll give you a carrot when I get home. Oh, is someone excited? Okay, cutie. See you around 5.30. Don't have too much fun without me. Even though Argus is a 20-eyed rabbit and far from a normal bunny, he does have a rather normal and quiet life. Every day, his owner Ramona goes to work at 9 a.m. and is home by 5.30 p.m. Sometimes she goes out or invites over the demon that gifted Argus to her. That's right. A demon has given this 20-eyed bunny to our hero, Ramona. Ramona is very sweet and a doting caretaker. She always makes sure Argus's food and water bowls are plenty full, and that his litter box is clean as the day it was incepted. It took some time for Argus to warm up to Ramona, but she was very patient with him. Now the two have developed a trusting relationship as pet and owner. Argus loves Ramona's company, and even partakes in the occasional snuggle with her. Hmm. But, as much as Argus prefers his new domestic life over having to fight over... But... As much as Argus prefers his new domestic life over having to fight the other demons and creatures in hell for food, he sometimes does get bored. There's only so much you can explore in one small house, and given that he has ten times as many eyes as most bunnies, Argus has seen the cottage from every possible angle. Fortunately for Argus, today is his lucky day. Despite all of her virtues, Ramona does have a few flaws. One of them is that she is rather forgetful. In fact, just this morning she forgot to leave the living room window open after opening it... <laughs> In fact, just this morning, she forgot to close the living room window after opening it last night to let in some fresh air. Now that he has finally has a chance, Argus hops up onto the sofa. And sneaks out the window into the grass below. He's made it! August blinks each one of his eyes in rapid succession as he adjusts to the immense starlight. I mean sunlight. This is the brightest place August has ever seen, now that he thinks about it. Hell is usually rather dark. It's easier to sow dissent and discord when everyone is in a constant state of seasonal depression. It's beautiful outside. Ramona's house sits in a field of tall grass and flowers next to a dirt road meaning there's vegetation as far as the eye can see. Argus has essentially just walked into an all-you-can-eat bunny buffet. Everything is almost perfect. Argus just wishes he had some company. A desert cottontail appears from between the grass. To most humans, this bunny would be indistinguishable from the rest. But to Argus... This bunny is the most beautiful creature he's ever seen. The desert cottontail sand-covered fur contrasts Argus's snowy coloring. He has two gorgeous brown eyes, and not to mention his enormous ears. Argus is head over heels for this wild bunny. As far as courting rituals go, bunnies are fairly straightforward. Argus quickly grooms himself, 
then begins the process of trying to woo the desert cottontail. He puts his head down and tail up as he hides in the grass, following the other bunny from twenty feet away. Through most, though most humans would call this stalking, for rabbits it's actually fairly normal. If the desert cottontail takes a liking to Argus, he will turn around and stand on his hind legs to signal that he wants to play fight. The desert cottontail hears another rabbit following him and is delighted at the prospect of a potential mate. Especially since he's so used to having to do all the stalking himself, he briefly turns his head to peek at who is following him and decide if he wants a closer look. Oh, it seems that the poor desert cottontail is frightened by Argus's many eyes and has run away. Poor Argus bows his head in sadness. His eyes are part of him, but it seems that other bunnies don't like them. Argus ponders. Perhaps he could just close all of his eyes. No, that won't do. He could hardly see a thing. Frankly, Argus has no idea how many other bunnies manage with only two eyes. In hell, rabbits have to be on guard 24 hours a day, since they have predators coming at them from every direction. In four dimensions, I might add. Argus has had to fight off so many demons at this point that it's only a tiny bit funny. Well, if Argus can't hide his eyes, then perhaps he can show the desert cottontail that he's a nice bunny, despite his threatening appearance. Yes, a plan is starting to form in his head. Attempt number one. For many species, including rabbits, sharing food is a great way to bond. Argus has spent hours searching the field and has found a rather impressive collection of grass and berries. He now approaches the desert cottontail with the food as a peace offering. The desert cottontail honks in excitement at the nutritious offering. Argus drops the food on the ground and allows the other rabbit to have his first pick of the hoard. Even after the desert cottontail has begun to eat, Argus refuses to take a bite. He's trying to be a gentleman, but unfortunately this does not come across to the other bunny. Argus's intense staring is making the other rabbit uncomfortable, especially since he has so many eyes to stare with. The desert cottontail takes one more bite of grass before hightailing it away for safety. Attempt number two, the song of his people. Unlike Unlike Earth bunnies, hell rabbits have a slightly wider range of noises they can make. Humming, buzzing, and serenading your crush is not unheard of for earthly lagomorphs, but the desert cottontail has certainly never heard a song like this before. Summoning all the powers he can from the realm of the Eldritch, Argus tries to woo the desert cottontail with the most romantic song he knows. This one is about turning human children into trees. 
about as well as one could expect. No matter, because it's time for plan three. Projectile peeing! No, seriously, not many people know this, but a common part of bunny mating is for the pursuer to run by and pee on the pursued. If the pursued is interested, they can initiate the next step of the ritual. Of course, this part of the ritual is slightly different for hell bunnies. Instead of peeing on the desert cottontail, Argus uses his natural talents to draw a sigil in the ground. If Argus's plan is successful, then the desert cottontail will step into the center of the sigil of love, a sigil of love, and be immediately enchanted by its powerful spell. Argus thumps his paw, getting the other rabbit's attention. The desert cottontail cautiously makes its way over to the sound. As it approaches, it can smell the urine. But it's not quite sure who this unique scent belongs to. Determined to find answers, it sniffs the line on the ground until eventually it reaches the center of the sigil. Oh my. It seems that there was an error in the crafting of this sigil. Much to August's embarrassment, the error seems to have transformed the love sigil into a summoning sigil. What can he say? It's been a while since he's been in hell. Counter to his intention, a demon appears! sees the cottontail in the middle of the circle and assumes he has been left there as a sacrifice. A little on the smaller side, but the demon decides it'll do for now. The demon swoops in for the kill! <laughs> Luckily, at the very last moment, Argus is able to paw away some of the urine, breaking the sigil and returning the demon to its depths. They're safe for now. Worried about the desert cottontail, Argus rushes over to make sure his beloved is okay. The desert cottontail is livid and rather on edge. It's had a trying day because of this strange, unsettling rabbit. He slaps Argus firmly on the nose before bolting away at breakneck speeds. Argus is devastated. Perhaps his best efforts. He simply could not convince that the Earth Bunny should like him. Argus supposes this was inevitable. After all, Argus is a hell bunny. He grew up in a completely different culture than the desert cottontail. And he apparently... And I'm sorry. He grew up a completely different culture than the desert cottontail, and his appearance certainly isn't doing him any favors. If they were back in hell, August would know exactly what to do. 
to be honest, he has missed having other bunnies around who look exactly like him. Apparently, there's not many places on Earth for bunnies with more than two eyes. Hey, remembering that Ramona will be home soon, August turns back to head back to the house. Maybe that carrot will make him feel better. Even if he'll never feel the love of another rabbit, at least he'll always have Ramona to cuddle with. The desert cottontail is in danger! It sounds like a predator has discovered the poor bunny. If no one is able to help, the poor desert cottontail could be deceased in minutes! Luckily, August. Luckily, August is here to help. He sprints towards the sound of danger at top speeds, using his many eyes to survey the scene for any more prisoners. As he approaches, he sees the desert cottontail being accosted by a fox, and a plan forms in his head. August taps into his demonic energy in order to scare the fox away. The power he wields is small, but he has no choice but to hope it's enough. He places himself between his beloved and the fox, screaming the scream of many monsters and bearing his retractable fang. It's working! The fox is cowering! Its bony legs are turning to jelly! But it has yet to retreat, refusing to give up! The day is saved! Scared of the wrath of that Argus could unleash, the fox runs away with its tail between its legs. Argus turns around to make sure the desert cottontail is okay. As it turns out, the other rabbit is more than okay. Seeing how Argus so bravely defended him, the desert cottontail sees Argus in a new light. All of the attempts to feed him and woo him suddenly make sense. His DNA makes Argus a terrifying creature, but his heart just wants to love. Slowly, the desert cottontail approaches his savior. August stands there, pleasantly surprised, blinking his eyes at the subject of his affection as he bows his head before him. A bunny's apology. The desert cottontail is trying to apologize for judging August. August bows his own forehead and touches it to the desert cottontails. The apology is accepted. Now that they know the other's true intentions, August and the desert cottontail Share a cuddle. Oh, but what unfortunate luck. The sun is about to set, which means August must return home. After all, if he wishes to have dinner, then he must be inside when Ramona gets home. Begrudgingly, August gives up these affections of his desert cottontail and begins his long hop towards his abode. Not wanting to separate without saying goodbye, the desert cottontail catches up to August. For a moment, they gaze at each other. Then the wild rabbit leans forward and gives his partner a kiss on the forehead. 
Before Argus can process what has happened, the desert cottontail is gone, having scurried off towards its home. Ah, isn't this so heartwarming? Uh. He pushed me down the freaking stairs! Uh, I prefer to call it a gentle nudge. Oh, yeah? Then what do you want to call that, you dusty basement you locked me in, huh? I'm going to give you ten seconds to run before I hunt you down and remove your kneecaps with a rusty spoon. Oh, boy. That's my cue to leave. Well, everyone have a great night, and uh, make sure to tune Nine, in next week. Okay, bye! Eight, seven, six, five, four! Three, two, one. All right! Woo-wee. That Argus. Well, now, we only have ten more minutes left. Hey, I want to talk to our friend Marco. He's on the phone. Never mind. Oh. Marco. I've got a new friend named Marco. He's going to come in after us, but luckily we don't didn't make too much of a mess today, so he's fine. Yes. And uh, I want to say how much I love everyone out there. Oh, yeah, and I have a... I keep thinking the phone's ringing, but it's actually just a, a reflection of light that's going into my eyes. Okay, yeah, we're going to recycle all our paper, right? Yeah. Okay, now. <laughs> we are going to sing our goodbye song, and we're going to end about five minutes early to make sure we're out of our friend uh, Marco's way. Not Marcus, but Marco. We have a character named Marcus. Okay. Friends, I want to thank y'all for being here today. And, uh, you know, I think I say this every single time, but I think we're really getting our stride here. Well, it's dark as heck out here. It's a long walk home. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, I played it in the wrong key. Oh. Doesn't matter, but and, and who are you to know? This is the second verse. Well, it's dark again <laughs> out here. <laughs> Seems like this train. No, it's a long walk home. And it seems like All the street lights. Have all gone out on their own. But tonight, I'll be a lucky angel. And I'll throw up those who try to do you harm. Keep away the psychos Or at least that Alright, you've been listening to Weird People Show, y'all Come on Over to my right We got my good, good, good friend Who has a crick in his neck A crick in his neck Moxie Mike He's Moxie Mike And he does what he likes Because he's Moxie Mike, yeah Hey Tonight 
doctor. Not yet. It's Zinjay. Soon to be a doctor. Zinjay. 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 That's Zinfidel Jane for y'all that don't know. Someone to her right too. Yeah. Who? We got to introduce Whiskey Joe. Whiskey Joe. Whiskey Joe. Whiskey Joe. I'll be a lucky I'll be an angel. angel, and I'm the one those who try to do you harm. Tonight, give away the cycle, or at least let all Weird People Show. It has been a pleasure to play for you, ladies and gentlemen, because we love you. 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 you. So love yourselves and love each other. Come on now.